Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be taking a deep dive into a revolutionary solar technology. And we're going to be discussing the company Heliac and a number of technologies that they have developed and what they're doing at the moment on the ground to improve the efficiencies of solar. And to do that, we're very kindly joined by their CFO, Michael Lingard. Michael, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Before before we get into it, Michael, it would be great if we could set the scene, please. And a little bit about yourself. Um, so if you give us an introduction to, your, to yourself, please, as well as a brief introduction to the company Heliac. Yeah, uh, sure. Why not? Uh, I've been working with finances for the last 25 plus years, uh, mainly in large group companies uh, and mainly from Sweden, actually, even though I'm Danish. Uh, the last 10, 12 years, I've been working within renewable energy, uh, mainly wind. But uh, a year and a half ago, I switched to Heliac, which uh, was a small startups uh, company within thermal solar power, which just uh, caught my eye. Um, I thought the, the technology that they had, the, the vision that they presented was just... Uh, yeah, I had to. I had to join. I had to to be part of that journey that they had ahead of them. Um, so, Heliac uh, is a is a company founded back in two thousand fourteen uh, by the, the founder Henrik. Uh, he came from another company where Heliac was a spin off from, and uh, he has spent together with a, a small team of engineers the last seven years on developing and uh, making the product even better uh, to actually have a, a commercial product, which we launched uh, late last year when we completed this, the second solar power plant uh, that we had here in Denmark. Um, so so, re- so now there's we're here. We're ready to actually go out and, and be commercial, actually have a, a full-scale product that that we can sell not just a R and D product that we can sh- showcase, but we actually have a, a yeah a commercial product. Fantastic! So, Michael, I think we'll, we'll start with the technology that Heliac has developed. If you could please provide us some insight into what sets it apart from existing solar solutions and what you feel is particularly groundbreaking about your technology. Yeah. Well, to be honest, it's not groundbreaking. Uh, <laughs> uh, we what we do with our solar panels is uh, our solar lenses is that we actually we we heat water like if you took a, a magnifying glass and just put it into a, a, a glass of water, then you will heat the water up. But we do it in a is is the the combination of how we do it is the groundbreaking method. So uh, everybody knows that the method, mythology behind uh, magnifying glass, but we have put it into a system where we actually can get put it under uh, pressure and we can control the, the, the way, uh, the, the level of the heat. So instead of actually having heat just around 100 degrees, we can uh, actually heat it up to 
currently we can heat up to 160 degrees Celsius, of course. Um, and we are looking into adding uh, oil into our system, uh, eco-friendly oil, of course, uh, where we actually are able to heat the water, uh, make heat up until 300 uh, degrees Celsius. That is that is the groundbreaking technology we have. The mythology behind it is, is not groundbreaking. It's the way that we actually combine it. Um, on top of that, we have developed a a uh, thermal storage solution where we we save the heat into uh, rocks. Basically, we call it rock store. Um, so it's a steel tank where we fill it with uh, with uh, rocks, uh, and then we take a uh, again eco friendly oil that we heat up to about 300 degrees, either with uh, production from uh, our solar field or with uh, green uh, electricity from, from wind. And then we can store that heat. Uh, we heat up the oil and we drizzle down the oil over the, over the rocks and the, the rocks consume the heat and stores the heat until we need it again. And, and how do we need it? Uh, how do we release it when we need it? We simply... Uh, have pipes going through the uh, the rock stall, and we add cold water through those pipes, and those that water will then be heated up from the heat from the from the rocks, and then we'll turn the water into steam, which we can uh, pass through a steam turbine, and the steam turbine will then create electricity, which we can deliver to the uh, grid or to a production site, or. And then we have some excess uh, heat after that, which we can either put into a normal uh, water tank. We could store the, the heat there and use that for district heating because the requirements for heat uh, are not that high as compared to a process industry. So that's, uh, that's our main areas that we operate in. Thank you. So one of the reasons why we're speaking today, Michael, is because he left currently on Cedars. It's been met with very strong investor demand so far. I think it's 99% of the target. 99.4. Uh, 99.4 <laughs> of, of the target met so far. I believe that that's over 2 million euros at yeah. the time of re recording. So there's obviously plans for the future. There's big, there's big plans there. You, you mentioned you have two plants already. Yeah. Would you be able to just give us an idea of the overall mission, what, what you're looking to do with it? Of course, you just outlined uh, the, the technology and what sets you apart from existing solar uh, systems out there. But but where do you see this, this business going? Where do you want to take it? Oh, we want to take it to the moon. Uh, but, but with the CEDIS campaign, we're actually uh, trying to channelize most of the, the funding through that into a full-scale operating uh, rock store plant, which we're uh, on the uh, negotiation with a, a local constructor here in, in, in the area where we are placed uh, to build a 300-kilowatt rock store, uh, which is four large steel tanks um, to deliver heat and, and electricity. Right now, we have Rockstore, we, which are in a very small-scale uh, test site just behind our building, uh, and we need to show it commercially uh, as a full-scale um, uh, production site. And that's the main reason for, for the CEDAS. Uh, all the feedback uh, we get from customers and, and uh, from um, 
construction companies, uh, when they hear about our products and the solutions that we have, is they, they see great potential. Uh, if you look into district heating alone in Europe, uh, it's a 132 billion US dollar industry. And uh, could we just conquer a small fraction of that? That's a huge, huge yearly revenue for a company on our size. So, um, yeah, that's the plan. That's uh, that's how we see the future for us. So I believe that you partnered with Eon Energy yes. for your first solar site. Could you just give us a little bit more detail about that, please, Michael? Yeah, so... Uh, we knew the uh, the local uh, director for from Ian Energy and uh, had uh, several talks with them over the years when we developed the product and um, they were very keen on the the new technology that we provided to the uh, to the uh, industry and with them actually operating with this heating they they saw potential for them to reduce the uses of gas uh, and could use uh, solar power, thermal solar power that we deliver uh, during the summertime. So they could actually, first, they could save money on gas, they could reduce their uh, CO2 uh, uh, usage, and they could also actually do maintenance on their uh, boiler uh, during the summertime. Uh, So they saw several uh, good options with with our solutions. we initially they invested in the company uh bought approximately three percent of the company and they funded the whole project um that was how much they believed in our product um, and they have been very very pleased with the with the result they are of course well aware that it was a pilot project and uh, with all pilot projects there are problems uh, because you have designed and and you have engineers sitting in there uh, at their computers uh, but when you come out to actually build it in real life there are a lot of things that you haven't thought of or things that actually don't work the way you plan so that's why you build pilot products to get the to know the process um but that hasn't been an issue with them Uh, they have uh, been really uh, supportive and uh, they have uh believed in us the whole way um, and uh, as a result of that we are actually negotiating with them for the for a next project uh, which is not uh, our current uh, price that we have on the on the shelf uh, we have another product in the pipeline uh, which I can't uh, disclose right now because uh, we are still patenting uh, on it so we need that finalized before I can disclose what we're uh, working on, but it's going to be interesting, and it's 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 great to have a company like Ian actually wanting to be first movers because that's the one of the main obstacles that we see uh, when you come with new technology to the market. You need someone to be first movers uh, to take the risk and be willing to take the risk and actually believe in what you have. Otherwise. Uh, it's a struggle. Everyone wants to be, uh, nobody wants to be the first. Everyone wants to be the second because then somebody has taken the chances and uh, has uh, seen all the problems and, and uh, therefore taking all the risk on your behalf. 
Of course, of course. And what I'd like to do now, Michael, is is actually speak a little bit more about Rockstore, mm-hmm. your storage system, because listeners will be familiar with different forms of power storage from discussions we've had on the podcast yeah. in recent months. There's obviously uh, lithium, there's pumped hydro uh, as a means of power storage. What's different and what are the efficiencies of Rockstore compared to other power storage methods out there? Price. <laughs> it's as simple as that. No, not as simple as that, but that is price. I mean, Rockstore is a, a very simple construction and it's cheap. It's compared to a lithium battery, we're talking about a fraction of the price. Um, and also, you avoid rare minerals. Uh, I mean, lithium is, is not something that you have on the shelf. It's uh, expensive. It's uh, not always good for the environment when they uh, produce it. Whereas we use rocks, uh, which of course also has an impact on the environment when you when you dig it up, but it's not the same as, as for example, lithium or, or cobalt. Um, plus, actually, you get two products out uh, of the price of one. So if you use a rock store uh, and, and store your excess heat or electricity, let's say, for example, you have electricity from, uh, from a wind farm during the night where, where it costs nothing or it's nobody to actually uh, take the electricity because it's yeah, during the night, uh, you can store that into a rock store. When then you actually come to Take it out of the rock store again. You can uh, you run it through the uh, steam turbine, and you get electricity back to the grid. But you get a, an extra product, which is uh, excess heat. You can use to heat up either buildings or uh, for process industry, or actually also for hydrogen production. Uh, green hydrogen is just one of the main uh, trends right now and it, it, there's a lot of money going to that industry and with the Rockstore system you can actually assist them on two of their their uh, main uh, areas in their supply chain which is uh, water for their uh, process and uh, electricity so I know that there are a lot of storage solutions for electricity in the market, but but not solutions that are in the price range of ours and actually have a, a double solution uh, for the end user. Thank you. So you mentioned there that the the end user, and that's something that I would just like to pick up on, actually, Michael, mm-hmm. and, and look at the applications. For, for, for Rockstore and obviously the, the solar power. What industries are you are you operating in and what do these applications look like? Are you uh, providing power into the grid? Um, are, you, are you storing uh, power for, for the grid? Is it for closed communities? What does it look like? Where, where are, Where's the power going from, from Rockstore and your solar activities? It's, it's uh, basically everything where they either need heat in the area between 100 and 200 degrees Celsius, or they need uh, uh, electricity. So it's, it's a combination. 
our, our main focus has been in, in the beginning and, and uh, has been district heating because district heating is, is uh, widely uh, spread out in, in, uh, in Denmark and it's, it's a well-known uh, concept, uh, but also in Northern Europe, uh, where we are mainly uh, burning things to actually create the heat. So it's a it's a good way way where we can reduce uh, uh, CO two. Uh, we can help uh, companies to decarbonize, um, but also so that has been our, our so like our main area where we're focused in the beginning. But but also process industry where you as like uh, dairies, uh, food production, uh, paper mills, uh, every every production that use process heat during their uh, production time. So that could be, yeah, the, the, the sky is the limit as long as they work within that, that range. Fantastic, great. And what I want to speak about now, Michael, is mm-hmm. when you're implementing your, your systems, there, of course, with anything new, there, there's always challenges, as you alluded to oh, yes. previously. So, so what are the obstacles for Rockstore and, and the solar side of things for, for you actually getting these up and running at the moment and, and providing services for your customers? Yeah, as, as I mentioned previously, it's uh, nobody wants to be number one. Uh, everyone wants to be the second uh, buying the product. Uh, but the, let me just give an example. Uh, we have... Uh, been negotiation with a, a company in Spain uh, to actually install a uh, solar field uh, with a uh, Rockstore, uh, combined with a Rockstore solution. And uh, we've been in negotiation with them for the last seven months. Uh, and now we're very close to an agreement. But now they need to apply for subsidies. Subsidies application takes between 12 to 18 months, depending on the country, depending on the size of the subsidy, etc. And they will not sign a contract until they know they get the subsidy. So now we need to wait additional 12, 18 months to actually know whether we have a contract or not. Um, that is a, a huge uh, obstacle for us. Um, and then Funding in general, uh, getting people to understand how the whole process of of heat works. Everybody compares uh, our solution to gas prices because that's easy. We have a, a, a stock for, for, for the gas. We can see the development and, and they compare one to one. But it's a huge mistake because uh, to deliver one megawatt from a gas boiler, you actually need to provide 1.1 megawatt gas in to get that output because you you lose something during the process. To have one megawatt solar is one megawatt solar output. So you actually need to 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 uh, multiply the, the, the price for the gas uh, with with the one point one to get the, the the actual price or the actual cost of the gas compared and then you can compare to our solar output. Um, so it's uh, it's education of the customers. Uh, they have been 
so used to to burning things that suddenly they they just have a a, a fixed price for something and uh, that fixed price they can only compare to what they know is uh, gas which they burn uh, but it's not comparable um, and then you have the whole uh, taxing of of uh, CO2, which is in some country has already been implemented. Other countries, they talk about it. Um, things like that, they 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 don't consider, but it's a actual cost. And, and so we spend a lot of time educating our customers before they're actually able to make a decision. Um, yeah, so so that's some of the main obstacles that we see. It's not the product. It's not the solution that we we provide. It's likely to get them to understand why it is so much better than the solution that they have today. Thank you very much. So a question that I have, Michael, is about the scalability of the business from a geographical standpoint. You've obviously started off in, in the Nordics, but is this a technology and, and a system that can be applied across the, across the globe, no matter the, the climate? Yeah. Uh, it's actually better uh, further south you come because uh, of the hours of sun. In Denmark alone, we have approximately 1,100 hours of sun on average a year. And we could do a a business case that has a profit. It's not the best, we know, but that's due to the hours of the sun. So the further south you come, uh, for example, Spain, Italy, France, there you have between 1,800 and 2,100 hours of sun a year. And if you already have a good business case in Denmark, then you you know that the business case just get better. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a solution that's uh, scalable for worldwide. Um, and it's also scalable in size. We can start with implementing a, a small one megawatt uh, installation for the customer to test and uh, if they're happy after a year with the result, we can actually just scale up to the size they need. It's, there's, there's no limit on that. Uh, the only limit we have is, is land size. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's that's great. Th- thank you very much, Michael. Just a note to listeners, if you do want to find out more about the Helix Cedars campaign, that's still open. I think it's going to be open for about two weeks or so. Yeah. Do check out the notes to this podcast because there'll be a link through to that Cedars page. We'll be able to download at the deck, find out more information. There's some videos on there which explains the the systems in a little bit more detail. So do check that out. Those those will be in the notes to this podcast. There'll be a link through to that page. So do have a look. Michael, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And wishing you the best of luck for the rest of the Cedars campaign as well. Well, thank you so much. And uh, have a nice day. Thank you. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk. 